hustlers, road players, tournament champions. Hear the stories, get their advice, learn about their lives. Our host, Joey Ryan, brings you an inside look at the professional pool player. You're listening to the Pool Player Podcast, brought to you by Pool Scene 365. Hey, welcome to the Pool Player Podcast brought to you by Pool Scene 365. I'm your host, Joey Ryan. And if you're enjoying this content, uh, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button, uh, share it, uh, hit that little bell for notifications so you can be updated with each new episode with great players. And today we really have a treat for you. We, we have one of the best players in the world. In fact, a lot of people consider him the best player uh, when you look at all disciplines together. And so I'm really excited to have him. And the hardest part was figuring out how to introduce him because he has just so many titles. And so as I go through, I'm going to just name a few of his titles. And so he's a 2004 World Nine Ball Champion, 2005 U.S. Open Champion, 2007 World Summit of Pool, 2008 World Pool Masters, 2007 Derby, Derby City Nine Ball, 2015 and 16 Derby City One Pocket and Master of the Table, two years consecutive, who does that? 2017 US Open 8-Ball and many, many other titles. Without further ado, I wanna welcome Alex Pagulian to the show. Hey, Alex. Hi, guys. Hi, I'm Ryan. That's quite an introduction there, Joey. Hey, you've earned every bit of that introduction. Tell us, Alex, how did you get started in pool? Take us back to the beginning. Um, okay. Um, it's a long time ago. Um, my father, uh, used to bring me to the pool room. Uh, he used to make me watch him uh, gambling. And if, you know, no disrespect to my father, but he suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, he, he loses all the time. So, and then I said to my dad, uh, dad, you know, like, I was serious at that time, but he thinks I was joking because um, I had that um, competitive in me that, okay, I told my father that he, if you give me three three years, I'll be the best uh, pool player in our, in our town. My father go, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, get in the bicycle. Let's go home, he says. <laughs> so anyway, make long story short. So my brother and my uncle... My uncle, by the way, is like a year older than me. So that's my mom's brother, right? So anyway, and my my brother is two years older than me. Everything we we do something, we always bet small money, like, you know, like five cents, 10 cents. They can never beat me in doing anything. So my, I didn't, little do I know, I, I didn't know my father rented um, a pool room for, um, you know, four tables, right? So they've been playing for <clears throat> Alex. Let's go play pool. I said, I don't know how. He said, me too, right? I didn't know that time that he's been playing for a couple of months. But I was, uh, when I was a kid, because I, I played chess before I played anything, right? So I was a bit, a little bit, uh, you know, smart for my age, you know? So, I didn't play him right away. So what I did is uh, <clears throat> I hang around to the pool room and hit balls for a week <clears throat> and also uh, watch them play. And then, you know, I don't know for a fact that I'm going to beat them, my my uncle and my brother, but in my instinct, I can. 
And then I start playing them after a week later, you know, practicing, and they couldn't beat me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I start. How old were you then? What what age were you? <clears throat> I was uh, almost 11 at that time. Almost okay. 11. Like I'm like 10 years old and 10 months or, or 11 months, something. And where was this, Alex? Yeah. This is in the Philippines. I grew up in... Uh, we call it a, sig a signal, uh, FBI uh, signal. That's the uh, uh, the name of the town, signal. Okay. Like a signal, you know, so, yeah. So what, age, what age were you when you moved to Canada? I was 16. I moved to Canada. I actually basically quit playing pool when I moved there. I uh, played for like, until 16 and then I wanted to like make my mom happy she wanted me to go to school which is I tried for five months that didn't work out very good <laughs> <laughs> so so I just uh I I think I belong to the pool world so yeah. after five months going to school I realized that the pool is for me well I think at that time anyway but uh yeah. So at what point, <clears throat> so you had moved to Canada, you started back playing pool and you kind of realized it was for you, <clears throat> but at what point did you kind of feel like you arrived? Like you started beating players and you were like, Hey, I'm here. I can beat anybody. Um, that's a very good question. Cause I, when I decided to become professional when I was 17. And I said, I'm going to take it to the, I'm going to take it to, you know, as far as I can go. There's no excuses. I don't care if I walk four or five miles, 20 below weather in Canada, as long as I get enough money to practice, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, when I was 17, I was already, I already won my, uh, I actually won a, a Canadian professional when I was 16. Like, um, I'm almost 17. That was in, I believe that was in uh, February, I believe, in 1995. Um, I already won my uh, first title. Uh, that felt good. And then I was 17. That's when I realized I had that feeling that I was, I was, uh, I was going to become a elite player or I would, I would become a world champion. Uh, as long as I put my time into it. And then when I was 18, <clears throat> I felt like um, I was ready. But, you know, as a pool player, I I took my time. I uh, tried, you know, to beat everybody I can for money, like discreetly, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really like, I didn't really care about the fame at that time when I was 18. I just wanted to gamble. Yeah. And, you know, if you can say hustle is the right word for it, but <laughs> that's uh, so until uh, when I turned 21, that's the time that it's I'm going to have a hard time to get a game. That's when I decided to join the uh, lots of, a lot of tournaments. <clears throat> yeah. So speaking of tournaments, what was your favorite like tournament win? 
So you've won a lot of tournaments and what, what tournament stands <coughs> out me. as like your favorite win for the whole tournament, not just a match, but like the entire tournament. Uh, it's gotta be on the first ever city. Uh, when I won the uh, one pocket, uh, that's, uh, and then one day all around, cause I always wanted to win that and I finally won it. So that was like, and for me, that's the hardest tournament to win anyway. So, yeah. I mean, that's my opinion, right? So that doesn't mean that's a fact, but, but that is the hardest win for me. Yeah. So one thing people say about you, and I've noticed, you always <clears> come <throat> off as a positive person. You have a positive attitude while you're playing. Even if you're in a matchup and you're stuck, it seems like you're always happy. You're always positive. <clears throat> what do you do to stay positive in you know, pool and in life, you know, what, what's your secret? Well, I mean, it's not easy. I, I kind of like, well, I'm always like a happy go lucky kind of person ever since I was, I was, uh, I was young. And when I was like 16, you know, I, I still have a little bit of hard headed. Uh, I, I can take a loss, but I still like, when I lose, I kind of like take it serious, you know, and I realize this is only a game. And beside, I mean, we can't win all the time. So I know I try to become, you know, whatever happens, happens. Although, you know, it's hard when you just lost a big match. And I get mad probably two, three minutes, five minutes at the most. And then after I'm okay. You know, so, um, and beside, I mean, you know, life is too short to become, you know, to feel sad and not happy or angry. I mean, we're still human being. I mean, like we're gonna get mad, we're gonna get sad, but you know, no one can make us happy and sad but ourselves. So. Yeah, you know, I tend to you know agree I mean? with, yeah. And you know, <clears throat> while I agree with that, I think a lot of professional players, they put so much pressure on themselves because it is a hard occupation, right? It's hard to make money playing pool. And, oh, you know, when you pay thousands of dollars to, yeah, to go to a tournament and then you, you lose, you know, it's a, it's a tough feeling, but you've always managed to stay positive. And I think the fans really appreciate that about you, you know, is that you do keep things into perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I try my best, you know, I also try to entertain people well, i mean like about around me because they're part of the game they i mean without them i mean the game will never grow well, i mean because fans has always been part of the sport so i'm trying to uh do the best i can to entertain everybody i mean but uh i already know that i can't make everybody happy so whatever i can i mean uh that's all i can do well, you make a lot of people happy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but uh, not me... really. No, S especially my opponents uh, when I play That's them. True. When they start beating. No, no, no I'm just. <laughs> Great point. Great point. <laughs> so I have a new segment that I'm doing with my guests, and I'm basically calling it like speed pool. And the way it works is, I give you a name, and you have one word. You have to give me one word that you thought of immediately oh. yeah and i'll give you like five seconds uh but i'm gonna say a name of a pool player and you get like five seconds to come up with one word that applies to that pool player are you ready for this oh no okay <laughs> well, I, all right all right go ahead dennis or cool uh robocop shane van boney 
Badass. <laughs> Scott Frost. <laughs> Tricky. <laughs> Francisco Bustamante. Super guy. That's two words, Alex, but we'll let you slide. Uh, that's the okay um because i've been with the, i mean i've been like we've been going on the road and uh, if i want to have a road partner that would be him you know so i would say super guy that's why i said super guy no that's good. uh complete i would say complete there you go i like that i like that so that's more than five seconds last All one right. last one tony chohan <clears throat> go ahead tony chohan big guy that's the word um <laughs> We're monster <still> monster <laughs> i love it um, so you said uh with bustamante you said complete do you want to say a little more about that now that you're not bound by one word yeah because uh yeah um i'm that person i'm a lone ranger kind of guy because i don't want to like to interfere with someone you know when i'm going on the road i want to do my own thing i you know i have a special thing i'm very special. I'm. I was. I shouldn't say special. Maybe unique isn't the right word for it. Because sometimes I wanted to scream in, you know, uh, like you know, Times Square when there's like thousands of people there for no reason. I just wanted to do it. You know, just I'm one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to like, I do a lot of things. I you know, I play cards online. I I read books and then I cook. I mean. And Bustamani is one of those guys that we kind of like blend in together. You know, every time I cook, he automatically do the dishes, you know? Oh, really? So, and and he's a happy-go-lucky guy. And uh, it's just too bad we're like uh, 20, maybe 17 years apart. But uh, if we would probably grow up in the same neighborhood, it would have been probably... You know, we 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 are a big, uh, we are good partners when going on the road. So I don't mind because I don't really like staying with anyone. You know, especially if I if the if the person that I'm staying with is an you know might not he might not be annoying, but I just don't like you know uh, what he does. You know what I mean? Personally, yeah. like we're not compatible. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes it more it's like, complicated. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so if I want to eat fish head and he hates it, and then I'd be like, how am I going to eat my fish head? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know what I mean? I do, so, I do. Like, he, yeah, he likes to eat steak and I like to eat vegetable. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. what was so that? anyway, those are the things that I thought, huh? Yeah, I appreciate that. What What was the your most crushing yeah. defeat? Crushing defeat. I have a few. <laughs> like, I mean, most like the one that hurts the most. Yes. Uh, it's got to be uh, recently. Um, I would say that will be uh, Jason Shaw, maybe. That's one of them. And then, um, but I missed an easier shot than that. That cost me like 30000 I played that ring game about... <clears throat> about uh, 18 years ago with Corey Duell. And I have one where uh, the the, uh, format is uh, we're playing a temple ring game, six of us, and we pay the end of fees 5,000, winner take all. So I had a hundred 
dollars left out of that five thousand. And at that time, fair ball is a hundred bucks, right? So <clears throat> I no no no, it's a hundred per game, I believe. I can't even remember if it's hundred per game. Anyway, I know I remember Er Strickland missed the ball for me to get back in the game. And I got all the chips, right? Mm -hmm. Corey's last barrel, where I think this is for 4,000. And I need to make the, you know, the five ball. Like, it's about three inches from the hole. And the six ball is right there. And I got so excited. I didn't focus. And then I missed the five. Yeah. So, but that's not uh, televised. The one with Jason Shaw, I, I missed this 39, hell, hell. But something's got to do with the uh, condition at the same time. And it was so cold and I was nervous and I was shaking. But even if I'm nervous, I will never miss that nine. But but I was so cold and I'm shaking at the same time because of the uh, coldness. So, yeah, I, I, so I probably missed it. Like, you know. Well, I was just going to say, I was going to ask you about that. I think it might be the same shot. Because I was going to tell you about how there's just a way that you can connect with the fans more so than a lot of other players. And the shot that I remember, you missed, I, I want to say it was a nine ball. And it was a shot you're going to make a thousand out of a thousand times, right? And you missed it. And they interviewed Agree. Yeah. They, they interview you afterwards. And the thing that stuck with me, and I think a lot of other fans, is you said, I got nervous. And we don't see that from top players where they admit to that, right? And it's, it's more like there's always a reason, but no, I got nervous. And we think of you guys as people who just never really get nervous. You're ice, you, know, you have ice in your veins and you just make every shot. So, like, explain that. Is it, like, how uh, nervous do well, you Well, the thing is, that? well, everybody gets nervous. There's not one pool player out there that never get nervous. If anyone, if someone tells you they never get nervous, they don't know it's jack shit. Can I say that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they're full of they they're fucking full of shit. But sorry, I mean excuse my language. But but as professional, we can control it, you know, because we've been here, we've been we've been in it for so many times. So, but due to the uh, condition of the time shot clock, right? and uh the condition it's hard to like you know start breathing drink water to calm yourself down because you're running out of time right so but anyway i mean in reality we all do miss we all do get nervous right but uh at that time everything happened all at once when i shot the nine so yeah and then would I uh, kill myself after missing the nine? Well, I was shooting so, so bad. If I try to keep, uh, shoot myself, I might miss too. So <laughs> I, I decided not to shoot myself, right? So, uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, so I just, you know, the funny part about that is I, I was kind of like upset. So I wanted to walk. But there's a hurricane. It was so cold. So I, I walked with my probably 30 pounds uh, case and cues. And my, my uh, hotel is about three kilometers. I'm walking while the wind is blowing 100 miles per hour and there's rain, I didn't care. So I'm about like half kilometer to my hotel and the 
cops pull me over. He says, where are you going? I'm going to my hotel. Oh, you can't, we can't walk through there. I said, why? My hotel is about, you know, 50 minutes walk. He says, yeah, but there's a falling rock. We don't want you to get hit. I said, then I have to walk back to the venue, right? Yeah. And then uh, when I got there, well, I was supposed to be Jason Shaw. I mean, he has another life, so I might as well bet on him, right? So I bet a thousand on a guy, and he loses his next match. <laughs> Mother, father. <laughs> but anyway, that's the story uh-huh. of that. So Alex, I I first, so I I've played pool. You know, I'm a decent amateur, and uh, I used to go to the Super Billiards Expo every year up in Philadelphia Valley Forge area, and my whole family would go, and. I think you froze. Oh no, you're just sitting still. <laughs> so my whole family, yeah. my whole family would go. My dad was a pretty good player. My brother's a pretty good player. And we go up there every year and play. And I remember playing in the open amateur and then going over and watching the pro tournament. But the, my favorite part about that was watching like you and other people just in the pits, running around, drumming up action. And I was like, wow, what a, what a fun guy. You know, you're always having fun. You're always in the action, in the grease. Um, do you have any stories, uh, because, you know, I've told stories that have happened there quite a bit, but any stories from being out on the road or just any funny things that have happened to you? Well, I have lots of them, but this one, uh, this is the first row. I'm going to tell you my first uh, road trip. When I was uh, 13 years old, I wanted to play pool. I'm addicted to pool. And my none, none of my family supported, though, so that's the problem. So one day I got 10 cents in my pocket, right? And then uh, I never, you know, really went out, out of my uh, city. And I'm looking at the jeepneys and I'm looking at my pocket, 10 cents, jeepney, 10 cents, jeepney. And I keep, just keep going back and forth. There's a point that if I take this jeepney to go somewhere, I don't know what's going to happen. If I stay here, I don't know what's going to happen here either. either. Yeah. So my instinct is to jump in it. So I remember the fare was uh, three cents at that time. So it's not even that far. It's about probably, I would say, 22 kilometers or maybe 25. So for the first time, I'm out of my city. And then I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm going to the pool. I only got like, seven cents in my pocket and I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm seeing a lot of good players. I mean, at that time, I mean, they're not even, well, they are good players. They're probably like, uh, like, you know, pro, but not in the top level, but so I'm watching, I'm watching and I've been around like, you no know, hustling. So I kind of like have a sense of who's hustling who's not. So um, I see this, you know, he, an old man, like he's old when I was that age, like he's in his 50s, right? And I, I approached him and I said, uh, hey, Bo, hey, sir, I can see that, uh, you know, you're here for business, meaning like you're here hustling, you know, so. Yeah. I can play a little bit of pool, like for my age and my, my size, I play pretty good. You can take me to your city. And he looks at me, looks at me, looks at me. Go hit balls, he says. So after like five minutes, he'll get it up. And about uh, two, three hours, we left that pool room and went to his city. 
and it's about like probably an hour drive and then I'm on the road for nine months. My whole family is looking for me. They don't know where I was at. And uh, I'm having a blast. Nine months on the road, 13 years old, don't know anyone. I'm like, that, I'm in the jungle. I'm surviving, I said. Like, <laughs> and then wow. uh, I had a hell of experience. So, yeah, and you then know- finally my father found me. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Alex. I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons that I'm doing this is because there are those stories out there with, with guys like you top players that, I mean, I I just want people to hear about, you know, because that's so far removed from how I grew up, you know, and it's helped sculpt you and mold you into the player that you are today. You know, all those experiences that you've experienced have helped turn you into the player that you are today, you know, and 13 years old, I can't even imagine. I mean, were you, weren't you scared? Joey, I won't suggest this to any kid. Wait until 18 or 16 at least. 13 years old is too young. But I like, I'm not a normal kid. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm that guy. I like, you know, I like uh, surprise, excitement, you know, so. Yeah. So, Alex, you were probably, yeah. when, when folks found out that I was doing this show, uh, you were, I would say, probably the most requested uh, guest, you know, from from the top player realm. You know, there's, you know, obviously people come up to me and say, hey, here's this local guy, you need to talk to him. But in terms of top players, everybody was saying, you got to get Alex, you got to get Alex, you know. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're you're kind of a character. And I'm wondering who else out there from the pool world do you kind of look at and say, that's a character? You think Alex is a character? What about this person? This person's a character. Is there anybody else out there that comes Rodney out? Morris. Oh, really? Rodney Morris. Yeah, Rodney Morris is a very fun guy. He's another guy that I, beside, you know, um, Rodney, we always get along. We always have fun no matter where we are when we see each other. Uh, we always have fun. He's very funny. He sings good. He can dance. He does a lot of jokes, and he's been on the road. So probably the guy, Rodney uh, Morris. Rodney Morris. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm actually. Uh, I've talked to Rodney, and I think he might. Uh, he might be one of the next ones to to talk to me. So I'm excited for that, and I'll make sure to let him know that you. Yeah. <laughs> that you said nice yeah. things about him. So I want to talk to you about your work. Oh yeah. Yeah, I want to talk to you about your work. My working, your work ethic. Because My I was just, I was recently in Las Vegas, and you were there. Uh, funny enough, we didn't actually meet, and the reason why is because you were on a table for about five straight hours in very involved practice. You were playing, I think it was the fifteen ball one pocket ghost, where you were breaking the balls and trying to run all fifteen balls in a one pocket, which I can't even fathom because I, I play some one pocket. I have a hard time making eight balls in my pocket. And there was never a good time because I respect you as a person in your profession. So I wasn't going to go up and say, hey, excuse me, Alex, you know, we've been talking about doing this show. Can we talk? I said, you know what? I'll get him when he's done. But you were in there. You did your five, six hours of work, whatever it was. And then you were gone, you know, and I was so impressed by your work ethic. And I want to know what keeps driving you towards success. You've accomplished so much, you know, like you're in there for, for that long practicing so hard. What is it that keeps driving you? First thing first, I wasn't really proud. Well, I, that was practice, but I was betting money on it on the side. Oh, so, 
I was betting <laughs> my friends. So, so but you gotta, you know, come and yeah, you gotta come and produce yourself. I mean, I wanna, you know, talk to you and then just finish my, my uh, gambling. It's not we're not betting a lot. I don't know if that's the time that I was betting all the, the side action. Or I was just my friend. So, I've been coming into grips like playing the 15 ball goes, you know. So, and it's a good workout up for me and um, I always trying to create some you know proposition bet to everyone you know like they think I can do it but I think I can but I'm not sure if I can you know so those kind of things you know so uh, and then if somebody come in and they think I can't do it and then me if I feel like I can do it uh, I bet everybody on the side you know so so those but uh, yeah. yeah when I practice I always like um, treat it like I'm in a tournament because I don't want to I don't want to give myself a bad habit just banging balls and stuff right so and then to all my students I always uh, tell them uh, you got to play for something that you know like you you uh, play you know something to make make you try hard enough you know or, or focus enough to trying to you know play the best you can uh, play the best you can because you know habit is um, very easy to form but it's hard to break yeah. once that habit is formed it's very hard to break that's why there's a lot of amateurs out there you see them day in day out when they practice they shooting lights out when they play the tournament they couldn't perform why because when they practice they don't really serious about it because they think it's just you know game they little do they know when when they get to the uh to the real game now they become tense and uh like they worry about missing and well you're not practicing anymore but if you practice tense and you want to you know like play hard so when you get to the competition you already you already have it you already have it. You're used to it because you've been practicing tense and under pressure. I mean, all the time. Now, when you get to the uh, actual game, when when you feel that pressure, and it's kind of like a second nature, you know. So, yeah. So I think that's my uh, I suggestion I, to all that amateur. Yeah, I, I think what I'm hearing you say is, you know, if you can put a little money on it. Uh, you know, whether it's in a tournament setting or whether it's gambling, you know, like betting a little bit so it's important to you so that you're going to try your it best does, to it, feel the heat a little. It doesn't have to be a bet. You can go, you can play with someone to go underneath the table. Me, like this. When I'm playing by myself, I'm not gambling. I'm doing my, uh, my, uh, my uh, uh, practice. You know, it's hard enough you know, like uh, very hard for me. Like I think I need to play really good to beat it. When I do beat it, I go to Ramon and buy some anything. I treat myself. Yeah. Like if I if I, I don't uh, win and I and I I keep practicing hard, I I I punish myself. Yeah. So is there another player out there that you would consider consider like a rival? Uh, that maybe you've had a hard time with, or it just seems like you're always kind of going up against this person and not really getting there. There's, there's so many of them. There's so many good <laughs> players now these days. I mean, 
I mean, even in the Philippines, here in America, not only people will play me, but when I go to the Philippines, all the kids, they all, my phone won't stop ringing to play me. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's so many pool players out there, not only in America, I mean, all over the world that in the elite level. We just don't see him because probably they can't uh, come here or, uh, I mean, they have to spend like $3,000 to play the best pool player in the world and to win like 10000 That's not very smart for uh, your financial investment. So Yeah, but like one player, like who, let's say you've played in big settings before and you just struggled against or maybe they, they seem to always have your number. Is there anybody like that? Um, probably in the tournament, there's actually a few in the tournaments, but for money, oh, we, I think it's probably Dennis that, but we, we go back and forth when we used to play for money, you know, so, um, I can't think of anybody else, but I would say Dennis is probably the guy because, or Shane well, Shane only plays in this condition. That's Dennis plays anything. He can play. He can ask him to play on the carpet. He can play. He can probably put that pool table in the in the pool, actual pool, when there's water. You guys have to swim and play pool. He will play that way. So I I missed the set where you played Shane the first time. I think it was, but I heard that at one point after day one, you might've been down like, I don't know, 25 games and you ended up winning. Is that right? That's not the first time we played. We played like, I would say we played eight match already before that, prior to that, you know? So, um, uh, I, it's actually like, um, what do you call it? I actually quit playing pool at that time. But uh, before the derby starts, I got a phone call for, from Ronnie. You know, I've been playing a lot of cards at that time. Uh, I got a phone call with Ronnie Wiseman. I, you know, we talking like stories and stuff, right? You got to come down there and there's a new kid on the block. And I, and uh, he's been playing good. He's been robbing everybody. And I was curious because I don't know who, who it was. Well, I heard of him, but I didn't really, like, really watch him play, right? So I took a break from playing cards. And then I went to uh, Derby City. And I played Shane for the first time. I played in the first set. Um, playing for 5,000, I believe. And I um, we, I lost Hill Hill to him. So then we played another two sets the next day and the day after. I lost all 25-23, 25-22, all close match. And I, I was going to go home. I said, ah, finally, I, I think it's time to pack in, right? And then he came to me and says, uh, this is the suck words that I... I should thank him because he made me play pool again <laughs> like this. There's no pool table that you can beat me at. Oh, really? I said, what? where do you live? That's what I told him. Where do you live? Where, what's your next stop? So I followed him in the country. Wherever he goes, I go. So we go to Nashville, Tennessee. 
the JOV. We played, I beat him there. He goes to uh, Chattanooga. I go over there, I play him again, I beat him there. Where's your next stop? He goes to <laughs> Vegas. He goes to Vegas. I go there, I beat him again, and this race 100 thing. And then he was winning uh, 65 to 43. And I was smoking at that time still. So me and Ronnie were outside, we're smoking. And then, uh, and I, uh, me and Ronnie was talking. So Ronnie goes, uh, I've seen a lot of comebacks in you, kid. But I don't know about this one. <laughs> and I, you know, and I told him, you're 100% right. But I know one thing, no matter what it is, I'm not going to give up. So I still, you know, while watching the guy running packs after packs, rocks after rocks after rocks, I was trying to, you know, like trying to figure out how to beat the guy while he's running out. So I finally come to try something uh, unusual kind of. So I went to my hustling mode. I just didn't run out. I'm trying to play safe as much as I can to slow him down. So I'm trying to frustrate him. You know, little by little, I'm coming back and I can see he's already get, getting frustrated. And next thing you know, and then I start, you know, putting, you know, running out and then play safe again, running out, play safe again. So, and then next thing you know, and I beat, the, I beat him. That's so, great. That's a great story. Uh, you know. Yeah. I didn't, well, well, my plan kind of worked at that time, but I don't think it's going to work now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like... At that time, it, it works, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's almost like there's um, there's this warfare that goes on in one of those long matches where there's pool that's played, but then you have to try to find an edge however you can. And so in that case, I think you, at that point, you probably felt like your only chance was to change the emotion of this, the setting, you know, where you played some safe and got him kind of a little bit rattled by it, you think? Uh, pool is like anything else. It's like, it's like, this is competition. It's like war, MMA, boxing, chess. You find a way how to be, you find your opponent's weakness and you take it there. Yeah. So, I mean, no matter... No matter, uh, I mean, you don't want to take your opponent to where he's going to beat you, like, you know what I mean, easily. You always find that way that you can have an edge, which is the name of the game. Like in anything, like anything you do, if you have the edge, I mean, like even in sales, if you have a good marketing plan and you, you can talk good, then you, you will get more sales. Yeah. And pool is the same way. I mean, like, the more weapon you got, and then if you're smarter than him, and if you know how to use it, then I think you're gonna end up beating your opponent. Yeah. But if you if if you tried everything, you still beat your opponent. Leave that guy alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm putting you in the top five one pocket players in the world, maybe the top. Um, who are the other four, in your opinion? <clears throat> Uh, that's this is a good question. Um, we don't really know um, uh, just because it, it, until they play each other, you know what I mean, day in, day out. 
I mean, Dennis is up there. Tony John is up there. Uh, I don't know about now, but uh, Scott used to be there, but I don't know now. I mean, because um, I, um, I tournament is a different story. You can't really like uh, tell who's like this is race to three and they're playing with the big pockets and they they they're going for shots that uh, you want to do for five thousand a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can do it for a hundred dollar entry fee. I seen a lot of you know players do that, and then when they do play for money. And it doesn't work because it's easy to shoot shots for a hundred bucks than for $5,000. So, I mean, you know, Corey Dool is probably up there, but uh, I don't, he's, he's a different player, you know, like they have a different style. Chip Compton is there now. Uh, I mean, there, there's Josh Roberts, um, uh, who else I could pick? Um, hmm. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I kind of put you on the spot with that one, but I, I think yeah. you know the names that you said are pretty much the consensus. Well, Shane probably line. still can compete there. Shane. Yeah. Uh, Shane. Yeah. But uh, we we I don't I don't really know until they play each other because. Uh, once they, they play each other, that's when you know, like, who's, you know, they play day in, day out. That's when you know who's better and who's not. You can't really, like, say, because a lot of players, oh, you can't beat me, you can't beat me. Oh, you need 8-7. Oh, I got yeah, stuff like that. They all talk, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, are there any from that, actually, are there any from yeah. that list what? that you would like to play in a big set? Yes. All of them. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> That's awesome. I had a feeling you might say uh, that. <laughs> no, I mean, like, look, I'm just here. I don't really care who's the best or not. I just wanted to play. Whoever they put in front of me, I just wanted to play. You know what I mean? It's just don't. I don't really care who who's the best and who's not. I want to compete. I want to learn. If you're better than me, good. I want to learn from you. And yeah. you might improve my game, you know? So... Yeah. I mean, but some people out there, they, they're, they care. Their ego is so high. They care about who's better, who's not. Who gives a fuck? Just keep play everybody. You know what I mean? So yeah. I want to learn. So, I mean, one pocket is, is one, it's a, it's a beautiful game. I mean, like you can't stop learning. It's always exciting if you play the game, but if you don't play a game, you all, if you want to see, um, power shot and putting balls into the hole, yeah, you get boring at that one, but they don't know the beauty of it that you park that whitey on time. Yeah, if you know what I'm you know what I mean. That cue ball control, and you go three rails, bank it three rails, and you hit this ball, hit this ball, and the cue ball will go here, and the object ball will go there. It's kind of like fascinating, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, kind of it's, it's chess on a pool table, you know? Yeah, it's not like uh, playing playing ten ball, you break. You make two balls in the side, and you play nine ball. You break. You make the corner ball and one in the side, and then you shoot the one, shoot the two, shoot the three. It's kind of like. Don't get me wrong. It's still, you know. I mean, every. I won't say 
but but well, I, was, I was gonna say something stupid but so you no, never mind you're very intellectual at the pool table very cerebral you know and i think you appreciate the game of one pocket because you know one there's a lot of thought that goes into every single shot and two right you know, I've found that one pocket is a game that really leverages every skill that you have as a pool player, right? Except well, I guess the that, power break, you know, but right. you, you got to kick well, you got to bank well. Go ahead. You're right. I think Pemble and Nimble should made for four inch pocket. You know, that's, that will make the game more interesting now. Instead of right now, the professional pool player is too good for four and a half inch pocket. So. Yeah. You can't really, it's four and a half inches for amateurs now. I mean, for the professional that, I mean, you can see you watch on TV. I mean, what we can do. They made everything easy now. You know what I mean? You can hit the second dime and still goes in. You can't, I mean, and then you realize like, have you noticed in our sports, especially nine ball, ten ball, no one dominates the game. You can't even Tell you can't even say who's the best. I mean, you go you go play nine ball now in the world championship. You break two miles per hour, and then you have a different champion all the time. Yeah, I almost. Mean, it's almost like the players have outgrown the game. You know, to where there's so many players that are capable of winning. Um, that I I I like what you said though. Four inch pockets make it more. Challenging. I promise you. Yeah. If you change that pocket to like four inch pocket and then uh, you make it a long race you there's only like maybe 15 players would win it all the time yeah so switching gears a little bit <coughs> i want to talk to you about over the years when europe was dominating the moscone cup and the united states didn't really you know it seemed like we weren't ever going to win again you know it was really frustrating you know a lot of people said well europe is a continent and the united states is a country why don't we have North America versus Europe? Then we could get Alex <laughs> and maybe John Mora or get some fresh blood on the team. And so that was interesting. But then the United States won the last couple of years. And so what I started thinking is, well, you know, here in Arizona, we have like the east side of Phoenix against the west side of Phoenix, same as the Moscone Cup style, right? And then we play right. against Nevada in a big matchup every year. And then Colorado plays Wyoming. What do you think? Is there room for something like the Moscone Cup to expand and maybe one day Canada play the United States or, you know, Canada play China or something like that? Do you think there's a possibility that could happen? And would, would, would you want to see that? I don't really know. Probably. I mean, but you also got to realize in Europe, they don't have too many sports. That's why you see a lot of good players. In the United States, you guys – of 300 and something million there, but you got baseball, basketball, football. You got all kinds of sports here, hockey. I mean, pool is in the bottom of the list. If I was the parents in, I mean, American parents, I, would, I wouldn't recommend pool. I mean, I, I will encourage them to like basketball, baseball, football, hockey. I mean, those are the kind of things I would like, you know, like uh, recommend to, uh, to the kids but you know i mean golf and stuff like that but if my kids likes to play pool and fine i mean i will support them but the thing is i mean as a parents i mean i mean there you have lots of talents here they just you know just so hop and there's so many sports here that 
that uh, uh, big in United States. That's why not too many young kids is playing pool. Yeah, and so. and so I I had posed that as like Canada playing against China or whatever. But if that ever did happen, would you play for Canada or the Philippines? Oh, um, Canada for sure. Canada. Yeah. yeah. So who are the who would be on that team? You and John, good, obviously. Good question. Uh, we don't really. I don't really know now. Yeah. Because I. I hardly go to Canada. <laughs> I go there once a year, and then I don't really see the young players. Uh. Maybe Stephen Holmes is one of them. He's a young kid. He's Indian. Uh, but I don't see him a lot here in the United States. So he's probably like happy to where he's at right now. Yeah. So if you want to really grow about the game, you got to go behind your capability. You got to go outside your turf. You know what I mean? So you just got to you gotta pay your dues. There's no shortcut in this game. I yeah. mean, you get what you put in. There's nothing... There's no replacement. I mean, there's no other way. I mean, when yeah. people, like they said, oh, Alec, you're natural. Yeah, I said, you'd be natural too if you play for 10 hours a day for five years. Yeah. I bet you you're not, you'd be natural too. Yeah. They think it's that easy. They, they, don't, they don't see me playing day in, day out, trying to work on my stroke and my emotion, my, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I think so, that I think you're right. You know, I think people kind of overvalue, you know, God-given talent and they don't realize how much effort that you guys have put into this and really right. years and decades in your case of just, you know, effort of trying to get better and, you know, days when you didn't want to get up and go practice and you did, you know. Right. What are your interests outside of pool, Alex? Like what's something oh, that, that you do that maybe would surprise some people? know if i should tell them <laughs> well when i do take a shower no i'm not gonna tell that one <laughs> uh well i um yeah i play cards that's for sure online uh, live i love to cook oh mind you i got lots of kids so i like to play with them also and i like to travel i like to i like nature yeah. And also I have chickens, fighting chickens. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. Where do you keep them? Yeah. Philippines. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So so you like getting out in nature. Do you like go hiking or is it like, do you take pictures, photography, or is it just like? Well, I, you know, I haven't done a lot of hiking, but I did try, but I love, I would love to do it. And I love actually uh taking pictures yes and uh maybe i can see myself uh trying to learn uh i actually joined the uh you know the photography in like online for like a couple of weeks you know just to learn that you know a few things and uh especially with my cell phone because our cell phone today is kind of like they got so many features and so many uh, uh buttons now and uh, well, the good thing about Google, you, you learn everything from Google, so very easy. 
Yeah, I, I, I'll actually send you something after this because my wife just started taking pictures with her phone and she found a guy on YouTube that has like the most amazing advice and she's taking pictures with her phone that looks like, you know, something taken with a $2,000 camera, you know? And so I'll send you a link to that. You'll find it interesting, I think. So, yeah, go ahead. From an advice standpoint, is there something that you can share with up and coming players? We've talked about just the hours and hours of practice, but is there any other like little nuggets that you might have something that could help people who are maybe like, you know, a good player. So my plays, you know, um, can run out a rack or two here or there, but they, they really want to dedicate the time and get better. You know, any nuggets advice? This is, this is probably the ultimate of the ultimate. Okay. When you play pool, whatever you're doing, in any case, whatever your goal in life, there's always going to be obstacle. But the key, I think, is the key, my opinion, right? First thing first you need to ask yourself is ask yourself this. What's in it for you? Okay? Second thing, make a decision. If this is really for you, let's say, oh, I want to be a, a pool player. Because once you're serious about if there's a difference between I want to be a good player or between that I want I really want to become a good, like a, a, a world champion. Like you have to really, really like uh, that affirmation. It's got to be really strong. And then so once you decide, okay, this is me, give yourself a timeline because anything in this life, there's a timeline, right? So, okay. Five years from now on, I'll be this guy. This is where I wanted to be. And then you break it down year by year, months by months, and weeks by weeks. Now, when, when you decide that if that is what you really want, now, okay, and you ask yourself, what is missing? And then you'll probably like, oh, that is missing, that is missing, that is missing. There are so many flaws into your game. So what do you do with it? You're trying to learn it one by one. And then when you go hit, uh, when you go to a pool table, okay, this is my problem. I wanted to fix this. You know, the biggest problem for the amateurs is they're trying to learn everything all at once. And most of them, they just go to the pool room and bang balls. They said they're practicing, but they're really not practicing. You know how many pool players I see, same speed for 20 years? Yeah. Because they go out to the pool and just hit balls without even having any intention. Like, okay, when you practice, what do you really practice? Ask yourself, what am I practicing? Am I practicing to form a bad habit? Am I practicing to socialize? What are you really practicing? It's like, imagine if you're driving, like, with no destination. Eight yeah. hours, just try it. You'll be going in circle and circle and try doing that for 20 years. You'll be burning gas, that's it, without, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. my suggestion is, if you really like this, when you make a decision, give yourself a timeline, and then you said, okay, I'm having a problem with my draw, and go practice on that until you... No, don't stop until you can't, I mean, until you get it right. Stop until you, you can't get it wrong. Yeah, I, I love that because one, you're, you're setting that goal and you're saying, hey, in five years, I want to be a U.S. Open champion. 
but then you took it the next to the next step and you worked backwards and said to get to that goal what steps do i need to to achieve and there you go and i think the big part of that where i think a lot of people are going to stumble they might follow you on that they might do that they might follow you on setting up the the things they need to do to get there but then will they be honest with themselves right? That's the problem. Pull is an ego game, right? A lot of us, we have an ego and it's like, we would rather have an appearance that we're a good player than actually work on the things that we struggle with sometimes, you know? And right. so I, I think that it, that was kind of underneath your message there and implied, but I think it's important to say that, that players need to be honest. Like how many times yeah. do you, you hear about somebody at three to they, they're in a match and at three to three, they miss the five ball and they end up losing oh, the match. Off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they lose the match. Oh, they fluked the seven ball. <laughs> yeah. And, and they lose the match Hill Hill and they blame some role that happened at Hill Hill. Right. Yeah. And not what they could work on, which is when it was three, three and they missed that easy shot, you know, right. um, and they could set it up 200 times and just practice it. So I, I love that advice. And I think that's really good for anybody that's trying to like a junior player who's trying to be a U.S. Open champion or a world champion. will set that goal and then put in those steps to get you to that goal with a timeline. I mean, that's that's really important. The key is to improve like. I can't remember who wrote this. Uh, just to improve one percent, one percent a day, like you know, like, and yeah. then just trying to improve a little by little. And then the key is, a lot of players, they're big. They most of them, their problem is becoming result oriented. But I think the real key is supposed to be to learn every day. Yeah. Like you're trying to learn every day. You can always learn something every day. When I play one pocket, I learn something every day when I play. You just keep, never stop learning. So as uh, in any game, you just got to keep learning, learning. And like you said, just be honest to yourself and then ask yourself what is missing. For, like you always like, okay, I want to be this guy, but what's, what's missing to my game? Well, if you start saying that and then now you know the problem, you can fix it. If you don't know the problem, it's impossible to fix it. Yeah. You can't go to the doctor and go, Doc, can you fix me? What's your problem? I don't know. Yeah. And both of you are fucked. We don't know what to fix, you know? So You just spend a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just keep, you know, keep uh, asking yourself what is missing. What is missing? What can I do? Only can I to make a difference, you know? So. Yeah. So, Alex. Man, just. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Who would you like to see me interview on this show? Is there somebody you'd like to see me talk to? Yeah, Rodney Moore is a good guy to talk to, yeah. Well, I, I'm trying to uh, – I was going to just something good player, but I don't know if you can communicate with him. It's uh, Chan Chun Ling, uh, <laughs> the co-brothers. Uh, you're gonna have to speak, start speaking Mandarin. <laughs> and oh, you are, and you need a subtitle underneath your yeah. Uh, Zoom here. Yeah. yeah. How many languages yeah. do you speak? Me? Uh, I don't really speak any language fully. All broken ones, probably three. Three? All, I, I know three broken languages. Yeah. And the language. Well, I mean, I. Yeah, in the Philippines, we got 52 dialect, right? So I speak probably uh, 
one where I was born, I could probably I understand 90% of it and probably can speak 60% of it. Mm. Uh, my other, it's probably, I understand maybe 60% and, and can speak maybe 30%. Yeah. So. so Alex, you mentioned before that you like reading and, um, you know, are there any books that you've read that might have helped you in your pool game? Yes. Um, go to, um, find Brian Tracy. Uh, the title of the book is the miracle of the self discipline. One of the best book I've read. I, there's an audio book. You can read it. Uh, it well, however you want to do it. Yeah. But lately I haven't been reading. I've been playing a lot of cards lately online. That's what I've been doing. Well, I've been studying on, online also, so that's yeah. probably I'm not reading. So. Yeah, maybe we'll do like a little giveaway when I release this episode for that book, you know, because yeah. if it helped you, it could help other people. And I know Brian Tracy's just a, a great author and yeah. Uh, yeah, has some great stuff out there. Okay, so last question. What is next for you in your pool career? You know, what, are there any goals that you have that you're still trying? Yeah. I, I want to like repeat all the tournaments that I've won before my, I gave myself eight more years to do it. So whatever my, my, uh, whatever I've won in the last, I don't know, 20 years or I want to repeat it. Like, obviously the Derby city, I already repeat that. So the U.S. Open, the World, the U.S. Open 8-Ball, the Whirlpool Master, uh, the Trick Shot, I already repeat that. So all the things that I haven't wanted again, I mean, twi uh, twice, I want to win it again. So And the most important thing, I, my main goal is to grow two more inches. <laughs> and I don't, I don't care if it's upward or forward. So yeah, maybe you're in your waist, but I don't know about height. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll Alex, did I, did I give you a chance to call out your sponsors? I don't know that I did. Oh, well, not yet. But uh, I want to shout out to my uh, sponsor, uh, Ariel Carmel Cues. Shout out to him. Uh, three cases in case. Three seconds uh, cases. Uh, Mr. Puyat, thank you. Lionize your game. And uh, I, the few one pocket uh, donators uh, sponsor that's in the future, like you know, $100 game here, $150. I'm talking about action. Thank you for, for the support. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah. uh, Alex, yeah, I can't, ahead. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to talk with me today. And, you know, I think that the people that listen to this episode are really going to appreciate getting to know a new side of you and also the advice that you gave and some of the, you know, the book recommendation and those types of things. So thanks for being you, you know, thanks for always right. being somebody that we can My cheer for and that you're, you're just a fun, happy guy out there and it, just an amazing player. So thanks so much. My, my my pleasure. Okay, I have another one book actually I really like. Okay. Because I remember uh, when John Mora is about to quit. Well, he already quit, but the only reason why 
he played this time because we had to play the uh, World Cup of Pool. Um, and I spoke to John. I said, John, oh, why are you quitting? Oh, I'm fed up with this game. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I, I respect that. And I told him, I gave him my book. It's called uh, You're a Badass by Jen Sincero. So that's one of the, it's one of the good book. It boosts, it, it will boost uh, your confidence a little bit. And, uh, or maybe a lot. I don't know how, um, how will you accept the words? Words is just words, but it's up for us how we, how we accept it and how, how we interpret those words. So, but, uh, well, I made John Mora, uh, keep playing again so but opposite handed so (laughs) (laughs) but at least he's back playing i'm so amazed by that story he just flipped around and played with the other hand i mean that's just yeah it's phenomenal so yeah right well i mean if if the other look one good thing about doing different things you will have a different outcome if you think the same 10 years from now five years from now the outcome will be the same so if you want something to change to your game, to your life, or anything else, you have to think different. You, you personally have to change if you want to change something in your life. So I would suggest that. If your game stuck there for 10 years, 20 years, 5 years, think something different. I bet you 100% the outcome will be different. I'm not saying... A better outcome, but I know it'll become different. <laughs> you just keep changing it. If it's not working, and and stop doing it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just try something. I mean, I mean, like you go with the left, go with the right, go. I, I don't care what you need to do. Just change, change it. You know. So anyway, yeah. thank you, Joey. Yeah, thank you, Alex. It was great meeting you, like over the nice meeting you too, bro. The airwaves here, and next time I'm up in Vegas, I'll definitely interrupt your practice and just say, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> so, yeah. 